Entrepreneurship and innovation have always been an integral part of Indigenous ways of life. And today, this is inspiring sustainable and transformational solutions. To learn more about how RBC supports Indigenous communities and businesses, visit rbc.com forward slash Indigenous. Small businesses are the foundation of our communities. That's why MasterCard has invested in tools to support small business owners as they grow their business. With MasterCard tools and resources, you can increase sales by shortening checkout time, broadening your customer base, and tapping into new opportunities to increase customer loyalty. So get started. Discover all the ways MasterCard can help guide, grow, and protect your business at mastercard.ca forward slash small business. Smudge of Blades is the only Indigenous hockey apparel brand in Canada. Indigenous hockey in Canada, it isn't just a sport, it's a cultural celebration. Check out our website at www.smudgeofblades.com. Do you have an idea that you're itching to turn into a business? It starts with a website. Visit shopify.com forward slash powwow pitch to sign up for a 60 day free trial to take action on your idea today. Quay, welcome everyone to the powwow pitch podcast, a show empowering indigenous entrepreneurs. I am your host, Sunshine Quem Tanasco, and I'm an entrepreneur from Kitagon Zibi and Anishinaabe. I got my entrepreneurial start on Dragon's Den selling baby moccasins, and today I'm the creator of Powwow Pitch and Herb Raids, an author, water protector, mom, and advocate of Indigenous entrepreneurs. Each year, Powwow Pitch supports thousands of Indigenous entrepreneurs to tell their stories. I launched this podcast to grow the reach of our entrepreneurial wisdom, connected to our rich culture and deep roots as Indigenous people. On this podcast, I interview some of the most successful Indigenous entrepreneurs, makers, and creators to share their stories, learnings, and wisdom to lift us all. The Powwow Pitch podcast is a production of Powwow Pitch and co-presented by RBC, Shopify, Meta, and MasterCard with the support of an entire ecosystem of partners committed to the success of Indigenous entrepreneurs. Every two weeks, spring through fall, we drop a new episode. So be sure to subscribe to Powwow Pitch on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else you listen to the Powwow Pitch podcast. Also, be sure to visit us at powwowpitch.org to sign up for our newsletter and to get in the loop about support, resources, funding and opportunities for Indigenous entrepreneurs. Welcome to the show. Hey, and welcome to the Powwow Pitch Podcast. Today, we're talking about decolonizing business, 
sacred creativity and land-based healing and learning. I am super excited today to have our guest Echo Alec, the founder of Sacred Matriarch Creative, who I met last year when she won second place at Power Pitch out of more than 1,600 Indigenous entrepreneurs. Echo works through singing, spoken word, rap, writing, speaking, music, sound, film, and facilitation, and is a trained digital media and performing artist who specializes in creating safe spaces to empower sacred creativity. Welcome to the Power Pitch Podcast, Echo. Thank you for being here. I'm so happy to have you today. Thank you so much, Sunshine. Um, I'm going to introduce myself to the space as it's part of my protocol. Yadak Shinwenwen, Hekshkwen, and Jawat and Squash Kawea. My ancestral name is Kawea. My English name is Echo. I am from the Inflakatmak Nation Grizzly Bear Clan, raised with the Shishak Nation on the Sunshine Coast, and calling in from Pentlatch territory on Vancouver Island today. It's an honor to be here with you. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you. Sunshine Tanasko Ndijnikaz, Kiriganzi Bin Donjpa. I'm calling or I'm sitting in uh, in Ottawa on uh, the unceded and unsurrendered uh, Anishinaabe territory. So, um, yeah, I'm happy we did that. This is, I think, the first time that we've done a an introduction like that. I think that we have to put that in from now on. I love it. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. So let's start by uh, hearing about your entrepreneurial and creative journey with all of our listeners here. <laughs> I don't even know where to start. Uh, <laughs> so I am the founder and CEO of Sacred Matriarch Creative. Um, and this journey really began uh, as an at-risk suicidal youth who transitioned from surviving to thriving through connection to uh, creativity, to land-based healing. Um, music is what saved my life. Mm -hmm. And when I was able to reconnect with my culture and intertwine that with music, that's what brought the spark back for me. Mm -hmm. um, so my mission in my business is to help support the environment for others to thrive in their own spark. Oh, I love that. How clear that is. Um, now, I heard you're working on building a mobile space to reach communities in this important work that you're doing. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, this is a dream that's, oh, what are we, like six years now. This dream, it won't go away. So that mm. tells me that I have to do it. Mm. <laughs> um, and a huge part of being able to freely create without the colonial criticisms that we all have in our mind is like the one of the first steps is creating a physical sacred environment to create in. Mm -hmm. Um, this is one of my specialties. This is something I love to do. I do it within my own home. I have done it my entire life as a way to cope with trauma is designing sacred spaces. Um, so this mobile studio, the best way I can describe it is uh, our sacred ceremony house crossed with a recording studio crossed with a tiny home. Mm -hmm. 
It is versatile and able to adapt to the different types of creativity. I don't like to put limits on things. Um, and we are able to transport it to different communities. Now, the biggest barrier I am continuing to hit, uh, there's so much support for the idea of this, but the funding mm. is, uh, it's huge, right? So this is actually prompting the next pivot in my business so that I can scale enough to fund it myself. Wow. Wow. It reminds me of uh, a business over here in uh, the eastern part of uh, over here of Canada. They do that. It sounds very similar, but they do it with movies, short films, and they yeah. do it with a bus instead. Yeah. And uh, it's very interesting and it's super uh, important work. And they and they provide this space for uh, Indigenous youth in high school. Um, yeah, I, I, I really liked what you said. Uh, I'm going to bring it back to surviving to thriving. So, um, you know, I, I think that touches like you're the daughter of a residential school survivor. You've made that uh, known and you've used your art and entrepreneurship as a method of healing. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so art as a youth who grew up with all of the impacts of residential school in my home, uh, art is what pulled me through. It was my coping mechanism. Uh, now, that it is my profession and I have learned all of the skills to digitally tell stories. I have taken that back to help my father tell his story, oh. his life journey. Uh, so we started the very first memory he has on the land. We went through all the details he could recall from residential school. There were lots of tears on both ends. Um, and then the learning and the journey he's had since being in that school and his own healing journey, it has helped me understand how much effort he has put in mm. to breaking cycles. He didn't break them all. He can't. Mm -hmm. But I understood so much more um, by beginning to help him tell his story with my gifts. Mm, that's beautiful. Are you... Is he going to be sharing that or was that just between you and him? Because I know that a lot of people um, can't open up. They just absolutely can't. Yeah, we are absolutely sharing mm -hmm. this. Uh, it's an ongoing project. It's huge. Uh, we're looking at documentary and a book. Wow. Um, he was the first person in Canada among the first group to take on the government church and RCMP and Queen uh, in a 17-year court battle. It was the very first court battle for residential school abuse. Wow. Um, so he's very used to telling his story, but he hasn't had it documented in a way like this before. Wow, that must be super um, powerful to have his daughter be the one to, you know, lead that process you know he led yeah. the first part and you're taking over and bringing it into a different direction and i can't imagine the amount of people that you're going to help by doing that both of you together um yeah. congratulations 
Um, you know, I know many groups and organizations call you as a, a digital witness or a, a safe space facilitator. I guess it's because of the work that you're doing. Um, but how can Indigenous entrepreneurs build a safe space for themselves and their teams and everyone involved? Um, there's a lot of talk around this right now, so I'm really, really grateful to speak to it. Um, Two pieces. So the first one is there's a lot of um, people aren't comfortable with using the word safe space because we can never actually uh, truly hold a safe space when we are allowing anyone to enter into a circle because we don't know what they are bringing. Mm-hmm. Um that's, it becomes more of a brave space. We are becoming brave to step into circle together to heal. Mm. Um, with that, I do see internally, my world as being a safe space. It has to be, Mm. I have to be safe in my own body. And because of the work I have committed to doing in healing myself in healing my home and making sure that the spaces within me and immediately around me are safe. People feel that when they are in projects, in presentations, in circles with me. Mm. So it's about a feeling. And I have only come to this uh, after facilitating circles and projects and spaces with people who say, I felt really safe Mm. here. Wow. What a gift that you're giving people. I know that uh, my auntie uh, always reminded me to tell myself, I'm okay, wherever you are. Like, say yeah. that to yourself, I am okay, I am yeah. okay. And I feel like you've, you do that and, and now you're sharing how to do that as well. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I know you use land-based healing and learning. Um, so what is this and how can our listeners apply this to themselves? This is my, um, if I could show you my theory of change, it is everything to do with returning to the land. We are of the land. We belong to the land. We are of the earth, moon and stars. And to me, that is the pathway forward. That is the only pathway forward is reconnecting every single human being on this planet to the land. When we are working on healing ourselves, we cannot continue to harm the earth mm-hmm. because we are connected. We are truly, truly connected. So part of the teachings that go along with that is there is something to learn from the land everywhere we look. Mm-hmm. When we look at the change of seasons, when we look at, um, I do some work with plant medicine. And so observing the ways that the medicine moves through the plant based on the seasons, I start looking at my own body and how does my body respond to the different seasons? Mm -hmm. That is a natural rhythm that I want to return to. I don't, this like 24 seven capitalist, um, expectation of productivity doesn't work for me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, and everything 
um, that we are searching for is within us and is answered and reflected out on the land. Mm-hmm. So I grew up in uh, Kitagon ZB Anishinaabe in Quebec, and we had this, I guess it was a pilot project. I'm 41 now, so many, many moons ago, but it was, we were called Mokasige and Mokasige means the light that shines through. And they took all the elementary kids who wanted to go be part of this Anishinaabemowin immersion program. You know, basically our parents sent us and we would do land-based learning and we would like everything, like measuring, learning math through this. And uh, we'd sew, we'd go fishing, we'd make our own fishing rods. We'd learn how to tan hides. We would, we would do all of this stuff and learn plant gardens. And when I moved to the city, um, I, I I didn't feel equipped because of what we were taught, you know, in, you know, I was studying English and there's all these references to the Bible and I have no idea what you're talking about here. So I felt very behind and felt that my education wasn't adequate um, yeah. in this system. Fast forward. And so obviously felt less than uh, for at least a decade, maybe a decade and a bit in university and stuff when I moved to the city. And then after started realizing, oh my God, I had the best education that I could have possibly ever, like really. And now appreciate that so much. And the fact that people I think, or maybe it's I'm hoping are starting to come on board and realize like this is how and what we have to learn right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that will not just bring us like intellectual, I don't even know the word to use, but it'll bring us balance and balance for humanity. And mm-hmm. what more can you ask for than that? Um yeah, so I think that, you know, this conversa- conversations like this need to be had regularly and that the work that you're doing is education is really what it is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and so for you, Echo, what is sacred creativity? Sacred creativity is the, it's a process. So it's the process of, holding space and ceremony to connect with my ancestors, to show up, to listen, and to do the work that they are asking me to do. Mm. This is a space of flow where my, um, what does Auntie Kim call them? Like the itty bitty shitty committee. (laughs) Right. That like, they're just like, you can't do this. You're going to fail imposter syndrome, whatever. Yeah. A space where that is quiet and I can trust myself And I have to tell you that when I have entered into a space of sacred creativity, it literally feels like magic. Mm. It is just incredible. The things that have come through me when I hold the space to trust myself and to trust my ancestors, because they they have it all figured out. Mm. I have no idea. (laughs) Half the time they have it all figured out and they have a beautiful, beautiful plan and ways of utilizing our work on this earth to continue their work they had already started. Mm, What does this magic feel like? Um, If you can picture like the, there's this area in the back of your head. It's the spot that really hurts when we get dehydrated. Mm. It's called our spirit gate. So that gets kind of tingly. There's these goosebumps. And then there is just this like 
um, some people call them downloads or like images, words, whatever the project is that I'm working on, it will become so clear that my only job is to actualize it, to bring it to the physical world. Mm. Um, I have done this with my theory of change. It came to me in a dream. I shot out of bed. I had the entire thing mapped out within an hour. Wow. Um, these, yeah, magic is the best way I can describe it of like goosebumps, trusting and just flow. Yeah. It is just- I love that. I love that. Um, I feel like I have to learn some stuff from you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am happy to share that part of my powwow pitch pivot I am doing yeah. uh, is designing a new website with Bloom and Brilliance, with, which is an indigenous design company. Um, and I am creating digital products with meditations, with teachings, with online courses, with all sorts of resources to continue to share these teachings with the general public. Oh, wow. Wow. That's amazing. Well, you know, we're all about, um, power pitch is all about community and, you know, uh, normalizing entrepreneurship as a vehicle for healing and impact and all this stuff that you're talking about. So how do we get there from creating a safe platform to sharing and lifting each other up? So like, Maybe we can just talk about how, um, what, why did you apply for a powwow pitch? And can you share any advice that you had for, for other Indigenous entrepreneurs? Yeah, I was actually nominated. And this comes from being with incredible Indigenous women who will share your name mm. when they are in rooms and you are not there. I have had the like incredible fortune of being mentored and being surrounded by absolute brilliance. So the lift circle nominated me. Um, and it's something that I had considered. And as soon as they had offered, I'm like, Oh my God, yes, please. Um, I don't think I would have been ready for it for previous years. Cause I wasn't feeling as grounded as I was this past year in who I am and what I'm doing. Mm. Um, Dreams are really scary, especially big dreams that have a lot of impact. Mm -hmm. And so when we are supported, when we are in an environment of people who encourage us to dream big and to speak those dreams into the world, uh, that is more than anything. And that's what happens when you become a part of the Powell Pitch community too, right? Is that you are suddenly surrounded by people who believe in you and cheer you on. Um, that, yeah, community, 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 and creating our own communities as entrepreneurs is so, so important. Mm -hmm. I think that's how we decolonize business. Like that's my, how I see it, the work that Mm -hmm. we do at Power Pitch. Is that how, um, how do you decolonize business? Like how, what are your views on that to align with your values, your community, your healing with all of that good stuff? This will be one of my online courses. Um, oh, <laughs> look at that. I'm talking about this. And sign me up. <laughs> uh, so I had actually launched a youth council last year to design a decolonized business model. 
And this looks at the business as its own sacred being. It has a physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual well-being. Mm-hmm. Um, and the operational model itself looks like a tree. So the roots are the values, everything that the business is rooted in. It has to be our values. That's how we determine every single decision we are making along the way. Mm-hmm. Does this align with my cultural values, my traditional values, my family values? Um And that helps to support everything else. The environment, everything that we need surrounding us to thrive, that's the soil around the roots. Mm. The core of the tree, the trunk of the tree, that's like our core activities. And then that branches out and the branches would be kind of like the pieces that sway. They are easily adaptable, but they are still solid to the core activities. And then we have our leaves that move through different cycles, right? We've got like a budding, flowering, shedding and resting cycles that would go along with the seasons. And that's, I have all sorts of little things that go through many, many cycles in my business. And I have to learn how to honor the cycles that they are in and then let them go when they are not serving Mm. the tree. Um, So Again, with the land based, right? This is my brain just brings everything back to the land because it has all of the answers for us. Mm. Um, So I've started to call this a knowledge model um, instead of a decolonized business model to recenter the knowledge that already exists on the land. Mm -hmm. I love that. I, you know, I hope, I hope that the work that we're doing at Power Pitch is like the soil part of that equation. Yeah. Yeah, 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 you know, absolutely. That's where I see our role as being. So, yeah. Any final thoughts or reflections that you'd like to share with our listeners today? Um, yeah, especially for those who are thinking of applying to Powwow Pitch, be yourself. Mm. Show up as your beautiful, brilliant, weirdo self. Those are the things that really sparkle and catch people's attention. And you like dream big, Mm -hmm. dream big, go big. I almost didn't. And because I did, I was able to advance to second place, which blew my freaking socks off. (laughs) Um, You never know who is listening or who can also help to carry that dream forward. Always, always speak your dream in a room full of brilliance and see that's beautiful thank you for saying that and i appreciate your honesty because um you know you came when you pitched and you did spoken word i don't know if that's what it's called and it was so powerful so the fact that you said that i wasn't sure i was ready or i wasn't like you know it doesn't come across like that it came across so confident and clear and powerful that you know it could intimidate other people and yet here you are saying all these things um you know that yes it's scary but do it anyways yeah (laughs) like I appreciate that okay so echo where can our listeners go to learn more about you and the sacred matriarch creative uh, you can find me on social media. I'm on the TikToks. Come find me on TikTok, <laughs> Sacred Matriarch. <laughs> on the TikToks with an S. <laughs> 
Uh, and on Instagram, Facebook, I'm on all of the social medias. Um, and my website is being redesigned. I'm so, so excited to have this kind of like rebirth that's happening. We're aiming for uh, spring equinox. Mm around there to have the new website launch and that will be sacredmatriarch.com oh thank you so much miigwech for sharing uh all your sacred creativity and your gentle voice and everything that you said is so much appreciated and helpful i don't know if people tell you that but um we need to hear the words that you said so thank you for all that you do and i hopefully will get to chat with you again miigwech Beautiful. Cook's Gem. Thank you so much, Sunshine. Thank you for joining us today on the Powwow Pitch podcast, dedicated to empowering Indigenous entrepreneurs. Thank you to our co-presenting partners, RBC, Shopify, Meta, and MasterCard. To our producers, Victoria Lennox and Cyprian Shalankiewicz. And to everyone who makes Powwow Pitch possible. Be sure to visit us at powwowpitch.org to explore how we can support you to start your business and sign up to our newsletter to learn more about the Powwow Pitch Competition, the Indigenous Entrepreneurship Awards, the Powwow Pitch Box, and other opportunities for you and your business. Until next time, I am your host, Sunshine Tanasco. Miigwech. <laughs>